Uh, welcome to episode 21 of Out Off Topic. Uh, I'm your host, Andrew, and my other host is Brad. As always. And tonight we have a guest. It's uh, Vinny. It's McMahon, right? That's right. Yep. Cool. He is an amateur rally car driver. Yes, I heard that right. We have Vince McMahon on the yes. podcast tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I haven't heard that one before, One of the right? WWFs. Yes. That's right. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to skip most of the usual stuff so we can, because we get uh, quite a few questions for... We do. And Vinny has quite a cool story about a Mitsubishi yes. rally car that made us a little jealous of his story yeah. and a little envious of his story and yeah. a little trepidatious in inviting somebody who is that crazy into Andrew's basement. <laughs> so, so he lives locally, uh, you know, ironically, and I'd only met him at all the way in New Hampshire at Team O'Neill for the first time, but he lives like, like probably four miles away. Yeah. Four yeah. or five <laughs> miles from my house. <laughs> so, uh, so we had, um, finally talked to you at the Team O'Neill rally sprint. Uh, and then at the beginning of the year, there's the new ARA, which is the American rally association. They had their first event. And how do you pronounce that? Is it rally? Is it? Pierce uh, I, I think it's Pierce Nish. I, I think it's know. Pierce Nish. So. Yeah, I've heard it like that said. So, so it's obviously in Canada. Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. So the in first French event Canada. was in Canada. So what? What part of Canada was it? Up in? It's, it's way up in Quebec. It's like four hours northwest of Montreal. So it's a hike. Yeah, it was about an eight hour drive from Peabody. Oh. Wow. Okay. And Peabody is about 20 minutes north of Boston. So Yep, for those so, not local listeners. Yeah, so about eight hours. So you had to go. Did you for go? those really not local listeners, Boston is in Massachusetts. Yes. <laughs> I, I think most people, if you're listening in America, you know, we're Boston. Well, we have a few Australians listening. Okay. So basically, you. this was your first stage rally other than doing the rally sprint? or Yeah, yeah. First, uh, first stage rally. Um, did the rally sprint at Team O'Neill. Yeah. Kind of break the car in. Um, but yeah, first aid rally. You just been doing rally cross before that. I, I did some rally cross, mostly hill climb though. Okay. Um, did it without a cage for a while, but found out that's really not very safe. So no, thought it's I, not safe. Thought no. cage it. Plus, you didn't have a breakout time to worry about when doing hill climbs too, right? Yeah, that's right. It's it's not caged. Yeah, yeah. But the talon was just a little too fast. It would it would break out too easily. So it's not fun. You have to slow down on purpose in some sections. Yeah, exactly. And that really kind of defeats the purpose of everything. Yeah. Driving slow in a race is kind of yeah. It's yeah, a lot, it's a lot of time and effort to just cruise <laughs> up a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So okay, you drove the car from Boston yep. to Canada, raced it, finished, and drove it home. Yeah, I mean, how, how well thought out was this? It, it was actually pretty well thought out. Okay. Um, it w- it was a it was a crazy idea, and a lot of it was you know, part crazy, part stupid, part ambitious. Also inexperienced, so you're like, whatever, it'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm not too experienced of a driver. I mean, I've, I have been racing in different forms for probably over five years, but okay, um, very inexperienced when it comes to rally. So now, just as an aside, just so everybody knows what kind of car you drove, you what, what kind of car oh, yeah, you entrusted? That's, very, that's very this important. is a very important part. <laughs> what kind of car it was that you entrusted to build, non-proven, then drive to Canada, rally in a stage rally event, and then drive home eight and a half plus hours. Well, this car was, a, and still is, I must say, a 1990 yes. Eagle Talon. Um, you know, uh, all-wheel drive, turbo. So um, Talon TSI, yep. Talon TSI. Yep. It's, uh, it's pretty crappy of a car overall, but uh, I've been pretty lucky with it, knock on wood. But... uh <laughs> Yeah, this might be the first success story we've had from a talent owner on the podcast. <laughs> um, we heard the story, and we're like, "He did what with a what? Yeah, and a how? And yeah. what was the support vehicle? So, what was your support vehicle? Oh, the support vehicle. That, that that's ju- that's equally as impressive, honestly, yes. um, if not more. Okay, it's my brother's 1992 Mitsubishi Eclipse GSX. So the same damn car. Same car. It doubles as a parts car, which is pretty well, pretty convenient. Okay. So, well, so there's two things here. It doubles as a parts car, but it also doubles your chances of breaking down on the way to the rally or back again. Very, very true. <laughs> very, very true. So basically, this is why we you know, we, we heard your story. We found you were local, and Andrew and I are talking about it. Like, we have to have video on the podcast because <laughs> we're a Mitsubishi-centric pair, yeah. and we talk about Mitsubishis all the time. And this crazy guy drove and rallied his Mitsubishi hundreds of miles, yeah. thousands of miles over a few-day period. Oh, yeah. And yep. drove it home and didn't think anything of it and, and didn't it, have a trailer or, like, a pickup truck full of parts and tools. Just nope. another DSM's talent. packed with parts. Yeah. 
Which, okay. is not, which, which is the most normal part of the story, is a DSM <laughs> packed with parts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you ain't kidding. <laughs> so what, um, I guess, like, I mean, how did you, like, how do you cross the border to compete? Like, what do you tell them that you're doing? Oh, well, so it was it was me and my car driving up, you know, obviously full roll cage and everything, yeah. stickers all over it. Um, my brother behind me and his DSM, which is pretty sketchy looking. Yeah. And behind him was uh, two other locals, um, James Casella and Doug Bulduke. Um, they came up in James's Subaru to take my studded tires because I couldn't. We just couldn't fit them. You in could the fit in a couple of, couple uh-huh. of Mitsubishi. Yeah, we just couldn't fit them. So um, I go through the board first, and I stop up the window. And I I had repaired way too much for this border crossing because I'm kind of <laughs> um, I can just be like I'm kind of anal like that, and. I had every these papers ready and everything, but I just told her, uh, yeah, I'm going to a race. And two cars behind me are coming with me. She said, okay, let's go. So it's not like a not normal thing, I guess. It, it was it was way, way easier than I expected. I feel like that's what happens in general because when I came back because I went with a friend, we flew into Canada, and we bought a, Delica, a right-hand drive Delica van and nice. drove it back into the States. And the same thing, we had like this huge preparation. We're like sweating, sweating through our shirts, <laughs> sitting there in the borderline. And then it was pretty much here's your papers. Yeah, give us some money. Have a nice day. Yeah. yeah, I thought you would have a harder time. With no, that it really. I mean, the, the only harder time was that they had to inspect the vehicle. Oh, okay. so they go through it with their dogs and that, not really even. Oh. not in it, just around it. And make oh, sure they, it's fine. they actually brought out dogs. Wow. So it's maybe they weren't dogs, but you know what I mean. They did. Maybe there were dogs. I don't know. We didn't see it when it happened, but they sniff around it somehow and try to find out what's going on. Yeah, but yeah. it was uh guess you're okay, it was then. Easy. Yeah, yeah, we're here. <laughs> Have a nice day. Yeah. Everybody said on the Your way in. Steering wheel's on the right side, eh? Wrong side, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone said on the way in is supposed to be harder. Come back to the US. But uh it, it was it was even easier. Was it really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the guy we came back at like we probably crossed the border at maybe nine PM on a Sunday. The guy Which was like, was probably a busy time to do it. Sunday, everybody coming home no, from their Montreal nobody, trip. No? Nobody. Um, and the guy was like, coming from a race? I was like, yeah. So how'd you do? It's like, well, I finished. So that's good. Hey, I'm still driving my car. Yeah. yeah. I said, hey, you can go. All right. That's, that's, that's okay. <laughs> so you competed, you did all the stages? Like no, did you have any issues? Well, or? Uh, no, actually. No issues during the event. Yeah. I must say, I, I, later I can get to it, which is on the way home, which made us four hours late on the way home. But Four hours is still a success. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, in the event, no issues. I, I signed up for regional. Um, I'm not allowed to do national events yet. The licensing thing? Yeah, I'm just, I just don't, like, don't have enough experience, I guess. So okay. Regional was uh, just a few less stages. Basically, we didn't do all the night stages. We'll get to that part eventually, how you prepare yourself to become a rally driver, because... Yeah, I'm not sure I can answer that one. It's a, it's a quick, yeah. <laughs> well, so one question a lot of people have is how do you break into this? How do you, you, just how jump do you in. get that first? Yeah, you just how do, you do get it, that I first guess. Seat? Yeah. yeah, you just, just do it. Because, I mean, it, this is now, so ARA was partnering with uh, CARS, Canadian Rally Series? Yeah, they are partnering with the Canadian, Canadian Rally. And yep. because you're driving a turbocharged car, you had to do regional, is that why? or No, um you, you might know about like the Rally America rule. Where yeah, like, we're, you have like a turbo all-wheel drive car. As yeah, obvious, you can't race it. Actually, yeah, you but, can't. Um, I guess Rally America is the only one that has that really stupid rule. So, oh, okay, yeah, because I know NASA will let you. It's like open heavy or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canada doesn't care either. They feel you gotta be okay as long as. Well, plus it's a 1990 Eagle Talon. It's not like. A brand well, new I think, right. <laughs> yeah, sometimes in Rally America, because it was like the premiere series, they didn't want people showing up with, you know, somebody who's wealthy enough to buy a ex Vermont sports car and just show up with it yeah, and, oh, yeah. and, and race it because they'd kill themselves or hurt or kill somebody else. Cause you just have no idea what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, totally true. You have people like that. But, I mean, people don't crash all-wheel drive cars more than they crash two-wheel drive cars. No, really it's no. just how no, fast really you don't. crash them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you have a lot more traction, you can crash a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it's just able to go so much faster, so much quicker. Yeah. And your reaction time has to be so much faster. Yeah. So what made you choose Canada for your first rally instead of doing something maybe, I don't know, a lot closer? <laughs> 
Well, there really weren't any events coming up that were closer that were anytime soon for the most part. Okay. Um, also, the rally was on my birthday. Okay. So, extra bonus. birthday. And I had the car ready. I finished it. Well, I didn't finish it. Sorry, I actually didn't finish it all. I got the cage done in the fall. And I was like, you know what? I, I got to... I gotta force myself to finish this car, and the way to do that is to sign up. Sign for up for a race, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forced myself to finish it. Yep. But uh, I also heard a lot of good things about the Canadian rallies, and they novice they, friendly or novice friendly. The I mean, the events organized like perfect. That's what it sounded like from what I read. And, Huge event is awesome. And the, yeah. yeah, and the pictures I saw from it looked really fun. Well, it sounds like you might have to go next year and do some spectating. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It's definitely so. spectator friendly, and I've been wanting to go to one in Canada for years, just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. Well, maybe I might be going to one in the fall, so we'll make it an event. And hey, maybe we'll make it a double event because we can, you know, if you want, we can figure out something so we can use my trailer or bring a car. They have to worry about it as much. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, I want to turn that down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll, we'll figure out something. We'll figure out something. Oh, well, yeah. if, it's, if it's warmer out in the fall, you know, definitely bring like the trucks. The trucks are set up to. You know, for overlanding, you can sleep in them. Yeah. Oh, plus, I have my big pickup truck and my yeah. big 20-foot enclosed trailer. Yeah. So. Oh. Camp in that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that. That would be a fun trip. So now we have a, uh, a, a, look, a connection that needs a trailer and a connection that has a trailer. Yeah. And, and I am willing to, We're pretty to good pay at... for that usage. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, I'm, I'm, we, I'm willing to give you a good enough we, deal to make it also, worthwhile for everybody. As long as we also sort of know it. how to work on these cars. <laughs> sort of. We've done a thing or two with them in the past. That, that would be definitely an added bonus. To Andrew, Andrew and I have owned one or two Mitsubishis, as everybody that listens to the podcast yeah. knows. Well, this is my first time in Andrew's house, and I can confirm he has three of them at a minimum here right now. Yes. Yeah, Actually, there's four. four. Uh, there's four because yeah, the Outlander's out yeah, there, Yeah, my dad's too, Outlander's yeah. here, too. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah. Yes. His dad also drives a Mitsubishi. Yes. Runs in the family. So, mm-hmm. Thanks to us. In fact, my sister, unrelated, just bought a new Outlander. Last week. Yeah. Really? Yeah, she did. She traded in her 09 Lancer, which she bought brand new. Very nice. Not sponsored by Mitsubishi. Not where you're not sponsored by Mitsubishi, though. We Although we, we would not yes. turn it down. Yes, if, if they would like to. Or Nissan now, I guess it would We're be. We're open to Nissan it. Nissan owns enough of the company. Oh, uh, true that. All right, but, next question. Um, where, where are we here? Spares. Yeah, what kind of... So what kind of spares did you bring in, in the car? Um, are you talking just up to the event or while, while I'm actually racing? Well, with you to Canada. With like, you to what, Canada. What, like, what did you anticipate breaking? Bring, like, the axles. You bring... Uh, I didn't really bring too many big stuff because I just didn't have the room to carry it. Yeah. No axles. No control arms. This this event isn't as rough. Well, at least I thought it wasn't going to be as rough as are. most other events. Yeah. And it really wasn't for the most part, but there was one stage that was terrible. But um, just brought like every every sensor you could think of I brought. Little stupid things like injectors, mm-hmm. you know, spark plugs. Just small little things that could just really get in your way. They Stuff that would actually easily. ruin your day if it, one Stuff little thing broke. Stuff you get and, at a parts store. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, luckily, you know, DSMs were sold in Canada, so you can you can maybe get some stuff at the parts store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the service time is only um, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And... If you can't change something in 25 minutes or, or at least kind of close to 25 minutes, you, there's no point in bringing why it. Why would you bring it? Yeah. yeah I mean, so you don't need spare motors. You're I not, mean, you know, right. super rally team here. You just, Even they don't bring a spare motor. Yeah. You know, no. They do have spare transmissions, though. Yeah. yeah. 20 years ago, I mean, those cars were the car to have for stage rally, DSMs, yeah, before they, they, they the WRX showed up because that yeah. was what you could get here was an all-wheel drive car that was legal. And they were smaller and lighter than an Evo because they're a two-door coupe. So they're they're actually pretty you know capable cars. They have a big rally history. Oh yeah, I mean American those rally, in yeah. yeah, American rally history. But those in Galantz were big. If you if you go back and watch the videos of uh, like Pierce Nedge from like two thousand, you can actually find it on YouTube. Yeah, mm-hmm. they got uh, this this DSMs. Yeah, and they're video. still common then. They yeah. have not rotted away yet. No, the big drivers are driving them too. I think there's some there's some probably still stashed away in garages. Oh, like I'm sure X, there are X cars. I'm sure there are. There's I'm sure there's, one, there's a pr- few. Probably most of the Mitsubishi's in Canada were rally cars because they didn't sell many Mitsubishi's in Canada. No. <laughs> no. no so that, that's neat. Um, what else did I want to ask you about that? What other events do you have planned in the future, rally wise? Well, if any. The, yeah. b- the big event coming up is Mount Washington Hill Climb. Oh, you're oh. doing that? Yep. 
Excellent. Oh, cool. You got accepted in because it, it was like you have to apply and then they accept people. Yeah. But you've run with – so that's the Sports Car Club of New Hampshire. Uh, they are partly the sanctioning body, right? Are they partnering with like ARA too at the same time? Uh, I think? No, I th- I'm, I'm obviously not sure, but I think – I'm pretty sure Sports Car Club of New Hampshire exclusively makes the rules and runs that event. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, sponsored by Subaru and everything too. Yep. Yeah, it's a big event. Because you've run... Very big, yeah. yeah. You run basically... <laughs> cool the, be in that. The local... The Sports Car Club in New Hampshire is the club that runs most of the hill climbs in New England. There's they, some Vermont they, Sports they Car run, Club, too. Yeah, there's like Killington Sports Car Club, Vermont Sports Car, and Sports Car Club in New Hampshire. So they all run for, the hill climbs. For people not in the New England area, when we say hill climbs, basically uh, ski mountains in the summertime, uh, there is there are roads to access the peaks that they use for maintenance and stuff. So... We use them for racing. You use them for racing on select weekends, yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's what they do. Hill climbs. Ski mountains want to make money. I mean, one of the, I mean, there's a, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the hill climb event. Akima? Uh, no, there's a, uh, uh, maybe Bennington, uh, somewhere in Burke. Vermont. Burke, Burke maybe. Scotty, yeah, that's one. I'm, I'm trying to think of the one that there is one that Mark Donahue, Mark Donahue got his start on. That was one of the first. Mark events. Donahue, the Camaro. Yes. Racing driver from yes. the 60s? Yes. He started locally. Like Roger, like Roger Penske, Mark Donahue? Yes. Bolton. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It was one of the, I think it was one of the Vermont. Hill is that climbs. covered in the book? The uh... It is, yeah. which is not handy. It's upstairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So th- there's some neat history there with hill climbs. And I've definitely wanted to do one, but I haven't had a caged car. I We've talked about it for years. But we're gonna do you it. don't need a cage. We're going to do it in yeah. a non-caged car a few times. And then, like, our common sense got the better of us, so we didn't do it. Like, we had the Mirage. How many times did we talk about doing yeah. a hill climb with the Mirage? Yeah. If you, if you, have, if you have a slower, like a non-turbo car. Yeah, that's what we had. A, you you a can 90, definitely get away without having a 95 Mirage. Yeah. I mean, so. it's definitely not the safest thing, yeah. but you, you can do it without a cage. Yeah. Neither is walking out the front door, so yeah, that's true. let's do well, it. Well, I always <laughs> see that, um, like, uh, our our friend uh, Alex Grabau and, and Bill Washburn run them. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, with the the Pleasure Evo and the the two forty RS. Yeah, the two Maxi. RS Maxi. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which they'll probably both be at the. They're in a hill climb, hill climb, yeah. climb the clouds as well. Yeah, yeah. yep. I think, so yep, they should both be there. Yep. No, it should be a good event. So we have three people we know to watch now. Yeah. All right. You, you guys have to come. Oh, we're definitely going to be there. Period. End of story. Nice. In fact, maybe we'll talk about the trailering for that too if you need to. So we'll figure out something. <laughs> right. that, that one's pretty close. I can. It is. Pre- it is pretty close. It is. Pretty yeah. close. <laughs> I think you, for some reason, you missed the 2014 one or something. I don't know why. I you just had there. other stuff going on in my life. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Unfortunately, that, real life gets in the way of rally cars. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That was a good event. It was like one of the very few days that was actually clear. It was beautiful the, the whole entire way up mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you end up right around where it transitions from pavement to dirt and then back to pavement again it's usually in the clouds at that point because you're above the tree line yep that's the other thing too so you know you're not from this part of the country mount washington is like 6300 ish feet Mm -hmm. and that's like you go to like arizona and they're like we have we're just at five thousand feet like all the time (laughs) all the time Yeah. (laughs) yeah but mount washington is uh it's pretty intimidating mountain. It is. Yeah, it is. I can imagine, especially racing up at that speed is is not comfortable. I've been to Pike's I'm sure Peak. I was watching the videos. is terrifying. Yeah. yeah, and and Pike's Peak is way wider. I mean, it's a lot taller. It's like twice the size almost. Yeah, but you're not following the full width of the mountain, either full, full height of the mountain if you fall off on either one of them on the road anyway. So well, you're falling pretty far. You're falling pretty far on either one of them, basically. So yeah, yeah. I think Mount Washington is a slightly scarier. Uh, I've, road, heard, I've heard people now, say or... I've heard people say they've run both and they're both equally terrifying. Pretty, yeah, yeah, in their own well, way. Well, good luck because yes. it's terrifying. Yeah, I'm a little. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm kind of scared. Yeah, no, <laughs> and, and I, it's, it's, it's probably it's probably good to be scared or something like that because you don't want to go yeah. into it overconfident and wind yep. up in Tuckerman Ravine in a oh car. My God. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> and Dan Downey's co-driving for me. Oh, okay, excellent. So excellent. That's who co-drove for you in Canada? Uh, Ryan Dunham. I okay. had never met him until. The day before you yeah, raced, I can't say I'm familiar with the yeah, name either. So. He's, he's from Michigan. Okay, excellent. But he he, he did a really good job. Cool, excellent, excellent. And Joe, you know, he puts a lot of faith in you, beating you the day before a race, and like, all right, yes. this is your first rally. Yeah, I mean, you could be you built crazy. this guy yourself. All right, I'll go for a ride with you. Being a co-driver, I mean, man, especially not props knowing your them. driver. Pro- yeah, yeah, definitely not props knowing to them. Driver, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, some guys won't won't drive co-drive with with newbies with novices. Yeah, yeah exactly. You got to find somebody you know. Yeah. Or, yeah. Somebody who has a lot of time to train with you. Oh yeah, but I mean, I, I definitely couldn't. We 
it was a, it was a team effort. Me, Ryan, my brother, without yeah. all three of us going full tilt the whole time, no way it would have happened. No, cool, excellent. So, what about the car? How long have you owned that car, particularly? Uh, I think I bought it in September 2014. Um, it's funny, I, I actually, how I bought it. The Corvette, which is my daily driver. Yeah, a C4 Corvette, by the way, is yes. your daily driver, yep. which is he, awesome. Because he lives in New England. Yeah. And it snows it won't a lot. Rot. It won't rust away. <laughs> it no. doesn't rust. Not a spot of rust on it. <laughs> uh, but it snows a lot, and he daily drives the C4 Corvette. Which... Do you have snow tires on it? No, I don't really drive it in the snow. That's why I, I had it in college. And I I could get away with not driving when it snowed in college because yeah, I was right. just at school. Yeah, school, but, yeah. Um, as soon as I graduated, I actually needed to get to work. I thought, well, my brother already has a DSM, so I'll just get a DSM, too, and get me to work. Right. And uh, <laughs> there you have it. But it's cool. It's a six-speed car, you are telling us earlier. Yeah. When you got I've, here. I've said many times that's kind of one of my, my car guy dreams to daily drive a C4 Corvette. Four seasons in New England and just I, piss I off like all the people. We talked about it on an episode. Yeah, we may have talked about it on an episode that just when I said a super skinny snow tire. They're not that expensive right now. No, they're, they're, they're no, probably they're, rock bottom price yeah, right now. Yeah, they're at the bottom. They're, they're going to start climbing eventually. Will, but right yeah. now is the time, especially like a mid like a mid to late 80s ones are, yeah. are free. Yeah. So, in fact, I could probably buy a mid to late 80s C4 Corvette for less than I paid for my 10 year old Eagle Talon in 1999. <laughs> I don't know oh, they're yeah. bad looking either. Not a bad looking car, and it's no. just it's a it's a V eight rear wheel drive stupid car to have stupid fun in. And they're and, reliable, and they're just an American V eight like yeah, the same basic motor was in a pickup it, truck that somebody it, put three hundred and fifty thousand miles on. It is what it is. It was a neat car too when it came out. Like that was a totally new car, total departure from a C three. Yeah. Like a oh C, yeah, C three was like an old fashioned like old yeah. fashioned. They were car. trying to make it a world class sports car. Yep, it and failed for a couple of years, but they got it right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so. eventually, yeah, once then they started to get it right, and you can see that lineage as they get into the, the yeah, C5s. Yeah, your car's what, 96? Yeah. 92. 92, okay. First year of the, the first year of the, that round body motor. style. Yeah. That's still it's, it's an awesome car. So it's like an LT1. Yeah, it's green. LT1, yep. Yeah. And it's green. Yeah, dark green. green's good. And we yeah. love green cars. Yep. <laughs> Green's yeah. a good color. I only said I have a green Camaro. So that's so. cool. Oh, nice, yeah. dude. So it's a little bit older, but 68, yeah. but still it's, it's green. Oh, Similar color. That's, that's probably a lot better though. 68 Camaro. Nice. Well, I don't know which I'd rather. I mean, it, it is a cool car. Not, not, not to talk about my car here, but we like green cars. Yeah. <laughs> so you got, car. you got the car in 2014. Uh, as then, daily. As daily. Which is not anymore, apparently. And then. No, I, so, still, I still daily. It depends what time of year it is. Mood but, strikes. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to get in and out of the car with a three-piece suit on to go to work, I assume, then. Oh my god! Thank yeah. God I don't have to wear a three piece suit. That'd be funny <laughs> driving that to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the um, so what? What made you start decide to start racing it, or did you start hill climbing first, or? Um, let me think. I, I had already. I might as well start from the very beginning. Okay, absolutely. I'll, I'll try to make it try to make it as brief as I can. No, nah, don't worry about it. We get some time. I, yeah. I when I was nineteen years old, I had like a Buick with Saber. You know, I beat the crap out of things. I still liked cars. Yep. Mm-hmm. But my brother. Who's two years younger than me for his first car got a '95 Eclipse RS five-speed. Oh, okay, okay. So a Chrysler motor car, 428, or uh, no, or 428A. 428A, yep. right? Same thing in the PT Cruiser, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Dodge Neon motor. Yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, he didn't even know how to drive stick at that point. My dad had to drive it home for him, and it's the best way to learn. Just yeah, immersion. Yep. Buy it and do it. And he just insisted on. He learned, and he taught me on that car. Yeah, and it got. If we fell in love with Mitsubishi, and. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy a Corvette because my dad had a Corvette when he was 20. So I was 20. I was like, I want to buy a Corvette too. Yeah, keep it, keep the family tradition alive. Exactly. Okay. So I bought a, bought a vet, and it's been a great car. And uh, then I graduated college, and I was, you know, I had a job, so I actually needed to drive in the snow. And at this point, my brother had already bought. He got rid of the RS, and got a '92 Eclipse GSX. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Wise wise move. Very, very wise move. That, that that car has been very unreliable, though. And uh, don't, so I, don't say that too loud because we're trying to convince people that Mitsubishi's are good cars. They are. They're, they're good cars. It's just uh, they get neglected. Yes, but they're but they're good. That's cars. That's always our argument. Yep. They really are very good cars. And yeah. kind of the argument the pit poles. No, no, no bad dogs, just bad owners. There's yes. no bad exactly. Clubs, it's just bad owners. It's very, right. very true. Very true. So I ended up buying a DSM. Bought it in Salem. Um, a local car. Yep, but in uh, hmm. in Salem, it was a. Uh, it had no oil in it, 
linoleum and dipstick. Excellent. But I didn't find that out until after I took Bad it on test drive. Um, overheated immediately. I was like, I don't know what's wrong with this thing. Luckily, my brother was there. He threw some cool and some oil in it. I bought it, 1800 bucks. You're lucky we didn't find it first, because we, we probably would have bought it, knowing it was in Salem. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was a pretty neglected car. Like It was mostly stock, almost all stock, but it was yep. not no really bad rust on it, just uh, just neglected, you know? I know it's all flat black now, but was it, um, I feel like when I was looking at it, was it a blue car? I think it may have been. Oh, I don't know. Man. I got it. It was yeah. rattle can black. I mean, yeah, somebody, somebody rattle canned it. I may know the car then. It's always been in Salem. Let's yeah. find out. Like, oh. you know, we can do the Carfax on it. Yeah. Because <laughs> oh. my, my 90 was blue. Oh, Brad's got a story for off air. Oh. Yeah. And I always, always, always wanted it. Yeah. I really wanted a blue talon. Like, if, if I want to buy another talent, I want a blue one. So you had a blue talent, huh? I had a blue talent, yeah. Maybe I bought yours. No, no. You definitely did not buy <laughs> no. mine. Yeah. No. Mine oh. no longer exists on this mortal planet. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Unfortunately. He, Brad sold it to me. And then I took parts off of it and then sold the shell. And the shell was beyond yeah. saving. Uh-oh. You say your car didn't have much rust on it. It definitely was not my car. <laughs> no. That's the only problem is that they the, the plastics underneath on the talons especially. Yeah, they, they trap all the... Yeah, they uh, trapped all the stuff right in front of the rear wheel. Yep. Yeah, the rockers are gone. Yeah, I'm start, my, one of my rockers is starting to go. So I think I'm going to have to get that... Clean it up to save it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that too. So. Yeah, <laughs> no yeah I'd, be, I'd be careful when I swap my subframe where I jack it up. So yeah, exactly. We got to fix yours too, actually. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. we'll fix the steering first, and then we'll move down the list. Yeah. everybody gets fixed. Well, we're gonna practice on the steering <laughs> first. Yeah, everybody gets fixed. It's a little risk. Uh, anyway, so carry on with your story. We yes. apologize for going way off tangent. Well, that's, on that. that's okay. That's I, I've been doing that the whole time anyway. That's <laughs> all we do anyway. Um, I don't remember what the original question was. Oh, so you bought the car. History, history of you in the car. You bought the car. Oh. And daily drove it to work. And then you, yeah, were gonna, yeah. and then I, you uh, decided to start racing it at some point. Well, I had already been racing for a while, racing the Corvette. Probably done over 50 autocrosses and that thing. It's a good autocross car. Yeah, it's a great autocross car. Then I did, I did a bunch of hill climbs with the Corvette, too. Cool. No cage. Which definitely way, would break out time-wise. Uh, easily. Yeah. Yeah. Way, way too fast. Like, wicked dangerous. Going over 100 miles an hour, no chemo. That's very dangerous. It's just not yeah. safe. Looking back, I was it's like a lane. Very... It's like a lane and a half wide road through the mountain yeah. trees. Yeah. On yeah. Philo, oh, Mount Philo is literally the width of a car and a half because it's one way. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's scary, especially in October because it snows sometimes. Yeah, yeah. In a Corvette. In a Corvette. But, yeah, it's no good. So I basically I got the DSM and decided, you know, the vet's too expensive to race. The tires are expensive. Mm-hmm. All the parts are expensive. It's hard to work on. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, was, I said I'm going to race the DSM. So. Did some rally cross in it, did some hill climb in it, decided I'm going to make a rally car, designed a cage, had it built. So you designed the cage yourself? Yep. Excellent. Who um, built your cage? A place called BFR Chassis in, oh, in Western Mass. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar with them, but excellent. Yeah, they're, they actually built circle track cars. Mm-hmm. Those and are sometimes those are the guys to go to because they're probably cheaper yeah. than like going to a guy who he was very specifies cheap. in a... Uh... He, he was cheap. and. <laughs> You know, that's the. I was only a second rally car he did. He okay. did. He did Dan Downey's car before me. Okay. okay. And then and, um, it was just like you just told him what the rules were, the thick wall thickness and stuff. And yep, I told him ahead of time. So by just keep it simple. I told him just buy all the same size tube. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, gave him the design. You know, he 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 did a good job on it for the most part. Um, there was you know. You didn't follow all the directions. I ended up cutting a few tubes out after that weren't required. Right. But uh, overall, pretty good. For the price, you're happy with it, though, basically. Can't beat the price. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Can't beat all the right. price. That's why it's half the price of most people's cages. So. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Especially well, keep it in mind, too, then. Yeah. Especially yeah. for any of us, because we're all, like, none of us are well-to-do race car drivers no. here. So no. No. <laughs> we're all shoestring budgets. Oh, my God, yeah. When I got to Canada, I really, it really hit me just how much of a grassroots driver I'm trying to be. Because everybody else had at least a flatbed trailer? I mean, yeah, I'm talking yeah. people, people roll up in 18-wheelers, some of them. Yeah. yeah. We've seen that even at the rally cross level. Sometimes people show up with, like, it's like, what are you doing? This is supposed to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are you doing? It's, it's basically the biggest wall it wins. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the same in any kind of motorsports, I think. That's unfortunately... There's nothing you can do about that unless you have strict budgetary rules. Well, it depends what class you're in a lot, too. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you're in the all-wheel drive class like I am, you need money to be competitive. Yeah. Or you need to be crazy. 
Yeah, because people are going to have a lot newer Subarus and and yeah, you know, because you know, even like our our friend Jordan has an 05 STI. Like that, those cars are now old enough that people are turning them into rally cars. Yep, because they're cheap enough for like sort of regular people to do it. Yeah, and they're crazy it's not, it's fast. A thirty-five thousand dollars car, anymore. Fast. ten thousand no, dollars car. Three hundred horsepower stock. Like that's a very fast car. Oh yeah, they they move with the two point five. They have a lot more torque than a yep. GSM. Yep. Oh yeah, and they don't break as much either. No. Uh, well, it depends. They blow engines all the time though. Yeah. Yeah, more so than a talent, I guess. Yeah. And the, um, uh, I I mean I look at some of the, uh, I used to go to the Rally New York events a lot when they had mm-hmm. them, and some of the the Evos that those guys build. Used to call oh, it yeah. the Irish uh, Rally Mafia, and they they put like two three strokers in them and stuff. I mean, oh. just probably like ten thousand yeah. dollars into the engines, probably more than that, and just just crazy fast cars, big money. And I mean that those those events are really cool. I, I hope they get they do some more of those events because they were doing ESPR for a little while, and usually it was in the spring, but I haven't heard anything this year. So mm, yeah, I think they, I think ESPR used to have a tarmac event. In yeah, the they're having issues with. Locals, I mean, there's nothing there. You're in the middle of upstate New York. Like, they have nothing. It's like a very depressed area. It's kind of sad, but it's like, just let us race there. Like, we were just coming for the weekend. Like, people yeah, are spending money. money. Yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, people don't care. People, you yeah, know, they don't want, not in my backyard. Yep. Yeah, that's why it's so tough to organize rallies in the U.S. But I mean, recently, it seems like they've been doing a pretty good job of getting a lot more events going. So, yeah. Well, I think it's a good success rate, it helps too. There's been a good success rate, and you have something you can show people. Yep. And, you know, 10 years ago, the press coverage and the internet and everything else wasn't as big and as easily accessible as it is today. Yep. So now you can have all this coverage. You say, hey, listen, here's pictures and stories and, and you know, you know police logs <laughs> even yeah. from the past, you know, 10 years worth of events. And the people in the city are like, oh, so nothing bad has ever actually even happened at one of these things. So maybe we should do it. Yep. So maybe. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But. Next question about the car. Oh, if you so, um, so you built this car yourself. Uh, is there something now that you've been driving it? Is there something you do differently? Hmm. Like if you're going to start over? Well, if I really want to start over, it's probably better to build a two wheel drive, non turbo car. Right, like, especially as an amateur. Yeah, and, or, and everybody will tell you that, and people t- told me to, and I knew I should, probably should have. I just want to race a DSM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. You had the love. Fair enough. I got the love for the Mitsubishis. But, yeah. Would you buy a car or would you build a car? I've heard the argument that uh, you, I should buy, it. you should buy a car first, start with a used one that's already turned into a rally car to see what you like, and then build your second car. It, it certainly would have been a lot easier to mm-hmm. just buy one, yeah. but I thought building it was actually really fun. Yeah, I mean, if you're into that stuff... I mean, I do like building stuff too, but yeah, I think the advantage to building a car too is if you built it, you know every square inch of the car. Yeah, yep. So Definitely when something, advantage when when something does go racing. wrong. Yeah, you know how to fix it. Because that's the oh, thing. Yeah. Even yeah. if I bought a used rally car, I'm still going to go through it. Right, and you go through it to the point you might as well just build it. And the one build part you can't build really yourself because we lack the you know knowledge and skill is a gauge, which yeah, you, know, you do the same thing. Yep. You just have to gauge out to somebody else. So the only thing I would be interested in is like a used. If we could find a vintage Colt rally car, two-wheel drive, rear-wheel drive. Yeah, that'd be cool. Colt rally car. Which I have a line on a few of them now that we've said that a lot a few times. So when we have some money to buy one. Because that, that's something I would like to take. Because that's the other thing. So you don't even have to really do uh, too many like stage rally events. They're having so many rally sprints in our region. Oh, Team O'Neill just has probably three the, or four a year now. Yeah. Which I, is the only region in the country that even has rally sprints really yet. Because it takes here, a place yeah. to ha- to have them, and, yeah. and Tim O'Neill is a it's a rally school in New Hampshire. You should Google it; it's very cool. Yep. But he's got a huge facility with roads that are cut in certain ways that they can just move. You couple, know, you just take yeah, you just take a you take a different cutout, and it's a different, um, basically a forest road. And there, you know, he's done stuff with the. It's not like dirt. It's like a, it's like a heavy like gray gravel. So like yeah. the surface doesn't really beat up the cars because obviously they don't want to beat up the school cars, and then the, it doesn't. The place is the best. Yeah, right. it's just awesome. really well prepared. It's like room and facilities. It's it's really really cool. And, the, and you get you, you it's like two hundred bucks to sign up. Yeah, this is and you through probably the, do over thirty stage miles. Yeah, this is through the SCCA. 
That's awesome. And you don't two hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. And you don't need two hundred dollars. You don't need a license. Five minute transits. Well, you need a a driver's license. Yeah. But you don't need need is a caged. You need a caged car. Does they be logbook car too, or just tech? Uh, It's gonna be logbooked. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But oh yeah, so how do you logbook it? Who do you bring that to? So to logbook it, um, one of the hill climb guys, Walter Clark, who he was the NASA Rally Sport logbook issuer. Um, I had already known him for a while for doing hill climbs. Great guy. He'd recently moved though to North Carolina. Um, but basically, you know, talked him through the process of designing the cage to make sure that the design would, you know, pass, pass tech, not only NASA rally sport specs, but also, uh, like the European FIA article 253, blah, blah, blah. Basically. So you run anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bring it to Europe. But no, but you you don't have to worry about them changing you, the rules here. Yeah, you want to right, design the right. You want to try to meet the standard that is a standard, standard works yeah. for everybody. Yeah, exactly. So once the design was good, I had the guy build the cage, and then took it to Walter, and he looked over it and determined, yes, this is good, and issued me a logbook, and then he even helped me remove one of the bars that I didn't tell the guy to put in. It was basically a, a strut bar on the rear. Okay. Um, really didn't need it because I have so many other bars in there, and I couldn't fit the spare tire with it, it took there. Like so. Cargo area out of the way. Exactly. So did you? Does it come down and tie to the rear strut bars? Like do you have like diagonal bars that come down from like the roof? Yep. So there's a bunch of different ways you can design the cage. Yeah. Um, but I tried to make mine as you know, the most robust way, which is having X's in the roof, mm-hmm. um, the main hoop, and in the back diagonals. Okay. Instead of having V's. Um, that way, each corner is supported by by an X brace, basically. That makes um, sense. So, yeah, I have, I have all X's. It also helps with your head fitting, with your head with your helmet on, fitting in the car because talons are so uh, they have no headroom. Yeah, there's not a lot yeah. of headroom. Yeah. If you have the V stuff, like the bar is going over your head. There's no way your head can fit. Is that car? That's not a sunroof car, right? No, no. Yeah. I would have had to cut it out if it was. Yeah. Yeah, mine mine wasn't a sunroof car, and then it has a dealer that dealer installed like '90s pop out sunroof. Oh, yeah, it's pretty awful. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. I wish it didn't have it. Ah, uh, I always thought sunroof would be cool. Yeah, but a, a, a factory sunroof. <laughs> yeah, would be the cool, parts car I like had a, has the factory sunroof. Yeah. <laughs> it was like one you'd see in like a conversion van, 1979. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so cheesy. So good. I mean, maybe someday. That's like very low on the list. I would I'd find another car to cut the Swap roof out the roof of, over, yeah, yeah, and have it welded bin, but. Regardless, that's a long way away. So, with all that, what class did you build the car to? Uh, just open all-wheel drive. Open all-wheel drive. And Basically, it's what all the really legit people run in. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not legit at all. But um, I knew I wasn't going to be competitive with a 1990 Eagle Talent anyways. Yeah. Right. Um, doing it for the, for the story. No, the you just want to yeah. do it for the seat time and, and right. to do it. Yeah, I know. I mean, in order to really be competitive, I either need to be a really good driver or really rich. Right. Yeah. Probably both. Yeah, and not either. Combination so. of the two. <laughs> yeah. Well, the only way to become a really good driver is to drive on a lower level for a long time anyway. So yeah, and you might as well not spend the money if you can't compete anyway and just enjoy it and not yep, take it too yep. seriously and, and have some fun with it. And that's it. definitely why it's best to start out with, you know, a slower car. Um, because you do, Which it's funny to discuss the Talon as a slower car nowadays. Well, it used to be a competitive well, it's really, car. It's really in the not class. though. Yeah. I mean, the Talon's still considered a pretty fast rally car, power-wise. It's fast, right? Yeah, I mean, because your car is basically as far as power, it's stock. You know, you were telling me when I was at the rally sprint, I was asking, yeah. you, you don't have any engine, any engine management at all. No, it's stock ECU. Just doesn't have a boost controller. It just yeah. kind of boost creeps. Yeah. So it kind of boosts wherever it wants. Yeah, because um, you, you have just <laughs> like a what, like a two and a half or three inch exhaust or something. Yeah, it's got three inch exhaust, and it's usually it, why you get boost creep. Yep, even with the cat, now it still boost creeps, but mm-hmm. whatever, it doesn't do it in second gear, just third. So it goes yeah. up to like fifteen psi. It's pretty fast. That's still that's that's plenty fine. Like, yep, like you won't blow it up at fifteen psi. No, no, no. not even. And close. then just uh, you just have a front mount on it, right? Yeah, I put the front mount on it because for hill climb, you're doing full throttle for four minutes straight uphill. There's no yep. way you can run the side mount. No, <laughs> no. he <laughs> soaks. Way. He soaks halfway anyway. Well, that's it. that's the only real problem with those cars is um, the turbos are front mount or front facing, mm-hmm. right by the radiator, so they can kind of heat soak the radiator. 
Yep. As we, we found when we were at the tail of the dragon, like we took my, oh, that's awesome. I was, yeah, I was there on the glant and he was with the Starion, but we were, I mean, you're only doing like 35, 40. That's about the speed limit. Yeah. But you're pretty hard. But you're in, second gear. you're in, you're like, I was like top of third. Like middle third? That's not 35 miles an hour, Andrew. No. You <laughs> That's like 85. Whatever. All right, so the speed limit in the road is 35, 40 miles an hour. But Eight and a half. It, Andrew was in uh, middle middle of third gear, so we'll see what's going on here. You're well, pretty hard throttle through second gear into whatever. third you're, gear. You're pulling the revs, and it's it's throwing a lot of heat into the radiator, and the car started to run hot. So. Oh, yeah. However, in the same story, my... The Conquest that I drove down there with you at the same time had the same heat soak problem. Yeah. And does not have the turbo in the front of the motor. It's on the side because it's a longitudinal They just setup, don't so. have a lot of grill area in that car, though. There's no grill area in that, that that's car. That's the thing yeah. that kills it. Yeah. If you have a front the talent, the same it. way. No yeah. 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 So actually what I was, I was, I was telling Brad about this, that what I'm going to do with my car is uh, I'm going to take that parts car hood. And uh, there's a fiberglass drop vent that you can buy. And I was going to cut into the hood, the, the parts car hood. Rivet it in so when I do track days, it's got a, a vent for the mm. air to flow through and then up and out of the hood to try to get some better airflow. You'll have to show me that because I actually cut a hole in my hood in the town with the angle grinder. Just cut a big, like, square rectangular, probably like 10 inch by 19 inch hole. That's pretty, that's uh, big uh, hole. Hood. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, that's pretty death metal. <laughs> it's, it, it, uh, it's really, it's really, really ghetto looking. Whatever. It's, flat, it's a flat black town. Deserves that now. Yeah. So. It's, uh, it, it looks like straight out of Yeah, Mad I was Max. trying to look at the picture, I so like that it. that's why that has that like flap on it. Like, yeah, I put a little. It's like yeah, it's basically a little a, a rain door. Of, yeah. yeah, just to, <laughs> to block rain from getting in when I don't need it open. Uh, as the former owner of a daily driven Evo, um, I had that same problem because they have a factory giant hole in the hood and it yeah. gets filled with water and snow all the time. So, yeah, D- does that really cause a problem? I uh, not when I owned it, no. And there is there is like a there's a factory piece that's there's a factory to tray underneath it, and a lot of people take it out. Well, I left mine in there, but yeah. the problem is even with that tray in there, if the car is parked at an angle, yeah, it still gets covered in water and snow under the hood, yeah. so it's not. Yeah, what can you do? Yeah, I, I only had the car for a year or so before I decided I didn't want to pay, you know, pay for it anymore, so I sold it because. Very expensive. Oh, it was basically oh, yeah. a brand new car at the time. So. Yeah, it was, this is like in 2004. The car was only... It was in 03, so yeah. the oh, payments nice are still real. Yeah. yeah, the car had yeah, now a few thousand the, miles. The that car would have been yeah. sweet to have, but... Oh, yeah. We'll have another one eventually. Great cars. Yes, yeah, they are. <laughs> they're stupid best. Cars. They're the best. I think that pretty much covers everything. Uh, pretty much. Uh, if it wasn't for the talent, what was the car that made you a car person? Or what's the memory that made you a car person oh, or into cars at all? Or has it just as always long, just kind of been there? As long as I can remember even very, very little. Always been a car person. My dad nice. was a car person, so okay, I was just raised that way. So as a kid, did you do car activities as a kid? Or you just kind of looked at cars from afar? We, we like, had, like a, we had a go-kart. Nice. Okay. That's that's a good way to get into racing. And, and we just like, we'd tool around with that in the, in the street. Yeah. Um, we actually used to always build... Wooden go karts. We like go. We would we would walk around in the trash, look and find like baby carriages, anything with wheels. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> we were all about wheels, especially ones that had an axle on them. Yep, because you can yeah. make it really easy with that. And yeah. we just we would just cut up wood that we found. That's cool. Add wheels to them and nice. use. So you were building rally cars for a while. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Andrew and I started a little different because you know we started with the plastic model cars, as you can see around us. There's tons oh, of yeah. those rolling. Awesome. Yeah. That's kind of that was our, our early on history with cars, and uh, so we always those always curious what what got people into slot cars, into cars. So um, I think kind of as as a, as a finishing question, uh, as an amateur rally driver, um, are there any mistakes that you've made that you're like, oh, man, I never should have done that? They t- tell somebody, hey, skip this part and just go to this part? Or any advice for somebody trying to get into rally? Well, if, if you're trying to get into it, you have to set aside $10,000, first of all. Cause okay. You, that's how much it's going to cost to build a car. I'm out. Next. Um, <laughs> it's uh, the, the cost is usually the thing that catches people off guard. Like Things just keep popping up. It's like, oh, I need this, I need this, I need this. But you know, if, if everything's available online, just do your reading, do your research first, and you know you can be pretty prepared. I think people forget about the safety equipment sometimes. They don't think about that component because that's stuff oh, expensive. Yeah. Fire suit, Hans device, a nice fire yep. suit. Yep. And I mean, you know, you know, nice the, fire suit is worth it. Yeah, totally worth it. And you want uh, uh, what kind of helmet do you have? Do you have 
Just like a Bell open face helmet. But is it the one that the rally one that they advertise with the communication in it already? No, no. no. You know, every again, uh, a lot of rally people, race people in general, are going to say, "Oh, you got to get all this top dollar stuff." Yeah. You really don't. You know, I got a fifty dollar motorcycle into comedy, slide up into the helmet, and it works oh. just fine. Okay, excellent. Well, that's the same with any hobby or any yeah. event you get into. It's always yeah. you know the gear nerds will tell you you need the latest and greatest and best right. of everything, but you don't really. The, the but, most important thing is on, on your safety gear, don't skimp. Yeah. Get good safety gear. Get a good cage built, and, and the leave, leave the, the car as stock as you can. Yeah, just yeah. make it reliable. Yeah, because I know the the bells have the post. You can get them with the post for the Hans. Yep, yep. And then, uh, do you buy? Do people sell used Han devices, or you just buy them? You know, uh, they're the, worth there buying was new? a lot of stuff. If you buy it overseas, buy it from like Ireland, uh, England, mm-hmm. you can get things so cheap. I got a I got a Hans for three hundred bucks. That's what new. Four hundred dollars off, probably. They seven hundred dollars. Probably, yep. yeah. I got my seats from Ireland, four hundred dollars each. They're nine hundred each in the U.S. I mean, excellent. Just little tips like that. Excellent. Mm-hmm. We definitely have some connections overseas to get some parts too. Oh so yeah, we build something we can do. Just it. do your reading. That's what it's all yeah. about. Read, yeah. read, read beforehand. Yeah, because what? Um, <laughs> we can talk about that too if you need more parts. We Sorry, importer people oh, going oh, here, yeah. but the, <laughs> like the like the belts have dates on them. Is that something? Yeah. Like? Belts have dates. FIA belts expire every five years. Ah, and, um, and the seats have to be certified too. I think the seats, depends. like those cheap Corbos I picked up, those don't cut it. Those are like you can trash around a, a streetcar, but they're, yeah. they're no good. In a, no, yeah. these you got to get FIA approved. Okay, seats too. And okay, so I that's think why good forever, yeah. as long as they're in good shape. That's why there's a big surcharge on like Corbo FIA certified stuff versus oh, yeah. their regular, regular stuff. stuff yeah. Uh, yeah, but every, everything, all the race parts are cheaper overseas than the U.S. Everything's like nice. double the price here. Just getting them shipped, that's all. Yeah. Making sure you shipping get a, was nothing. A good price for shipping. 80 bucks to ship two seats from Ireland. That's really not bad at so, all. No. <laughs> that's, really cheap. that's really not bad at all. That's good. Good to know. Excellent. Do you have any social media you want to uh, plug or anything? Or do you have a team uh, website or anything? No, I actually don't team have page? any type of team or anything. I just kind of run it straight off my Facebook page, and that's about it. All right. Cool. So, all right, no Instagram page or anything for the rally team. No, no Instagram. I, oh, wow. I, I'm really. I don't even have a GoPro. I just kind of just drive. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Well, 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 we won't promote anything for you then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nothing to promote, I guess. We'll post up pictures of your car, though. We'll do. That. I do. Please I, do. I have Please a couple do. pictures from yeah. the uh, the rally sprint that I took. So, oh, okay, I can give you some pictures from Canada too, if you want. Yeah, excellent. We like definitely like to email them to us or whatever, or Facebook them to us. Definitely, we'll, mm-hmm. we can share them with others, and yeah. people can see the kind of car we're talking about. Maybe some cage pictures or something too. Oh yeah. See it, next man. time, come to the rally with me. We can all be well, we're together. going to talk about that for sure because I think I'd like yeah. to do that. And, <laughs> definitely. Uh, we'll definitely help your crew and help you get the car there. And I got plenty That'd of storage for parts and cars. And, and plus, it'll be a fun time overall to just hang out. Oh, exactly. Doing car stuff for exactly. a few days, you know. Yep. Car stuff during the day, beers all night, and then come back. Car home. stuff the next day. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's that's what we do. So it's all right. Sweet. All right, Andrew, your social media plugs? Well, you can follow the podcast at Auto Off Topic Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at autooftopic at gmail. It's it's not at, it's just autooftopic at gmail. Yes. Uh, you can follow the uh, podcast on Instagram. It's autooftopic. You can follow me on Instagram. It's raced in anger. Uh, and Brad, tell uh, us who the show is brought to you by. Uh, vintage Imports of New England um, for all your vintage imports needs. Uh, car shipping appraisals. Yep, we'll have a story next week about uh, car we'll shipping. Have a story next week about car and shipping. And why you should and pay why extra. you should pay me extra to do it than have somebody else do it for you because yep. <laughs> the personal touch helps a lot. Yes, it does. Um, so that's uh, our Instagram page is Vintage Imports NE. Facebook is the same. Uh, and then, as always, my personal Instagram page is uh, TSISS350. Yes. So. And if you could... Uh, like and review the show on iTunes. Yes, please. Uh, and share it with friends because uh, you can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Google Music and any other podcast apps. Yep, any podcast apps that pull from those. Yep. Um, I'm a little bit behind on posting uh, archiving episodes on YouTube, but I will get back to that. Next week, back to our normal content with Project Car Updates and yep. Scale Project and Car we'll Updates. Do, if you've got listener questions, get those ready. We'll ask for those next week. Yes, we will. Because this week would have been a listener question week, but we decided to have a guest instead to entertain you. And, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks Honestly, for coming. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's my first ever 
podcast. Never yeah. listened to one before. Yeah, which is uh, <laughs> interesting to hear at the beginning. Like, hey, so you've listened to the podcast? I've never listened to any podcast. All right, we're, for a, we're in for a treat. There's here, a so. there's a lot of good, fine. There's a lot of good car ones out there. I mean, if you've got like a commute, uh, you know, you... is there a radio in town? Uh, no, I got this little Bluetooth oh, but speaker. I, I got a Corvette. Right, 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 right. yeah, Corvette has a radio though. The Corvette definitely has a radio. Yeah, sure, it does right? still. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can listen to them like you know if you got them on the like, commute or if you go to the gym. Like I listen to them with headphones. Yeah, there's probably there's probably four or five automotive podcasts I listen to every week. They put yeah. new episodes yeah. up, and so, then there's some other ones that are completely and, unrelated that are absolutely. And hysterical. we just c- <laughs> kind of decided to do our own because there wasn't a lot in New England. Yeah, nobody talks about rust. Everybody talks about how wonderful it is and to live in California uh, and, and have all these great days. They have no idea. Yeah, no, and, and we we like all these other podcasts, but every now and then they'd be like. But species are terrible. We're like, hey, come on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, species are great. They're not that terrible. Mitsubishi are, are are the best. Yes, they are. And they, just need, they just need to be taken so care we're, of. We're fans over here. Yeah, I have six. Yes. So. <laughs> Maybe but see, seven. people do cool stuff with them like you did. You went rallying with it. It's not all drag racing with DSMs. Yeah, which is another reason that we wanted you on, just to yes. tell people that, hey, DSMs do more than go in a straight yep. line. So, cause so it seems like everybody around here, especially like at the New England Club DSM, yep, it's a lot of great guys, great, great a lot clubs. of guys yeah. that we know, yeah. a lot of great club, but a lot of them just do drag racing. Yeah, so so it's it's different for us because we could give two shits about drag racing. To be honest <laughs> with you, we, yeah. we've all done it. It's not fun for me. Yeah, yeah. I it's get fun to watch. why people do it. It's more fun yeah. to watch. I think. I uh, I don't even agree with that statement, but I'm not going to argue <laughs> with the guest. <laughs> uh, it's fun to go and hang out and and. Let people you know bitch about blowing a transmission every yeah. <laughs> every two miles they drive yeah. their car, but whatever. Anyway, Andrew, yeah, let's call that a podcast. Keep your cars analog. Thanks. <laughs>